0: Welcome everyone, I am Thomas Moreno, a Director in the Digital Practice at Management Consultancy firm, Alex Partners. It's great that you can join us for the latest episode of Startup Sessions, where we explore the life, in the world of born digital tech businesses, all of which were, at one point, startups. Today, I am joined by my colleague, partner Jonathan Hughes, from our Digital Practice in the UK, and we're delighted to welcome Denise Oliveira, founder and CEO of Latin America's 1st Tech as insurtech-as-a-service startup, Fitinsure. Let's start with a quick intro, if that's okay. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and Fitinsure? It would be great to hear more about the market opportunity that you identified and the startup that you founded.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you for your time. Uh, my name is Denise Oliveira, I'm currently a CEO and I'm also founder of Feed insure. Uh As Thomas said, the first InsureTech as a service of Latin America. And basically, after 25 years going through deep projects in financial lines and oriented uh, to construct new technologies for financial markets, i had the opportunity on my last cooperative job uh, to going through a real project that transformed a segment the commercial lines insurance and basically after this project i could uh, pay attention and uh, prove that this particular segment in terms of uh, digital transformation was always neglected by uh, the ecosystem we always trying to digitally transforming something related to automobile insurance homeowner insurance or life insurance however when we talk about large risks or complex insurance operations we always go into the traditional and analogical way. I mean, the insurance companies, as well, the brokers, the agents, as well, the MGA companies are always trying, working with Excel, spreadsheets, Wordy, PDF, or email. So after that, I decided to left the corporate market and start founding Feeding Sure. And the resulting was until now, uh, bigger than we expected. And basically was a, like a magical experience because uh, after more than 20 years without write one line of code, I started to design it, to programming and so on. So it's a great experience, pretty, pretty oriented uh, niche that was have no tools during the last 100 years, I think. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. That's a a fair description. Um, And so what's interesting as well in this story is how your personal experience uh, before founding Fit InShore, what what you felt was also relevant experiences. So there's that project you mentioned, but other things that you think really helped you create this company and and drive it to where it is today.
1: My first experience on IT market was in companies that in the past, we call it dot-com. So nowadays, no one knows what is a dot-com company, but I started in, an, in a dot-com company, and after that, I went to IBM, always working on huge consultant service. Uh, here in Brazil particular, particular, PricewaterhouseCoopers consulting branch was acquired by IBM on 2006, I think, and I I was part of that group. After that, I started on Ernest Young, and during my process, I could mix it the same enthusiasm and stamina that I had experienced on dot com, and the process, the the consulting skills. That after that, I developed on IBM and Ernest Yang too. So, at the end of the day, this experience brings me until my current position that is just to put together a lot of things that make sense and are responsible to address real problems and put it together with technology. The last one, but not the the less important was AIG that was a huge asset in order to give me the experience and uh, present to me this commercial line and huge risks market that is basically the problem that we are addressing nowadays. So I'm deeply glad to these four companies that came previously to Feeding Sure.
2: So I also remember the dot-com here are very well, uh, <laughs> and as you say, it was an exciting time. But, but also, you know, I, I I particularly like your reference to companies like AIG because you know they are real masters of you know how do you think about and manage those, those big, big complex commercial risks that you you're now working with. I mean, at Alex Partners, we think about businesses and startups as passing through a number of different stages. You incubate expand, scale, sustain, um, and then you know as, as as you get successfully through all of those to, to extend. Where where would you put fit and shore as a business now? Which stage are you at?
1: Basically we are now scaling and we have a series round on July. So we are scaling at this point, specifically in Brazil. Because we start on the UK, so it was a, a huge t- challenge. Because basically our first first customer was uh, in another continent with other uh, culture, and we start to think that we need to put the solution uh, high here in Brazilian market. So was deep learning you start a business that Has the same patterns that I learned on AIG. However, we decided to bring the same achievements that we achieve on UK to Brazilian market. And we are growing a lot. Uh, We finally have money to scale the same solutions that we have out of Brazil, high here. We have a, a broker in U.S. too, a, a customer in U.S. too, so to us it's very important, gave some scale high here.
2: And congratulations on, on getting to the scaling phase, not, not every business does. As you think back on those initial phases of incubation, expansion, what were the biggest challenges both for the business uh, to, to get through those stages of growth, but also for you personally?
1: Yeah, in terms of business, I think that the huge challenge was the COVID-19, and by the other hand, uh, was the big help too. When we start the company, as I said, we our first first customer was in UK, and we bought flight tickets. We need see the guy's face because we don't know them, so uh, didn't know them. Sorry, and. Basically, one week later, after we bought the flight tickets, uh, London started the lockdown process. And Mm -hmm. at this time, I really thought that we were as a company die, and we just started at that time. (laughs) And after that, we realized that we could run the project uh, in a remote mode everything is all right, we were still there, we were certified as a Lloyd's place in tow. But I I think that in terms of risk, let's say risk analysis, uh, was the highest situation that we have uh, here. So in terms of Denise, as a professional, I think that when we are deeply in a corporate, cooperative path in terms of career, we use it to have some comforts, a minute. So in my case, I really, uh, I really was in faith. I, I, I was not more Denise from AIG. I start to be Denise Oliveira without badge, without benefits, without comforts, that always when we are in through a company we have. So I use it to be Denise from AAG, Denise from Ernest Young, Denise from IBM. And since that we found the Feed Insure, I start to be Denise from Freed Insure and who is feeling sure? So, uh, was a, a challenge. You start from scratch. Think about the culture. Think about uh, the position that myself as a company owner needs to have with my customer, with the market, with my employees, and so on.
0: Very interesting. Thank you, Denise. It's always interesting to see how startups create disruptions but also leverage existing disruptions in order to generate growth. What about the key success factors at this point? It would be great to hear what you think you need to achieve for your business to keep thriving.
1: It was pretty funny, because when I was in consulting service, sometimes we heard about a partner or about a director, and that guy is pretty walk and talk. And, uh, I think that the first thing and the most important thing on my case specifically is have consistency and have walk and talking behavior. So, I mean, if we are teaching that something does not work, that something uh, could be done in another way, different than the market beliefs or the, the old school beliefs, we just need to do it. And as I heard sometimes from a colleague from Ernest Young, what do we need to do, we need to do. So uh, in that way, I think that the most critical factor is the really be-, be the real believer and deliver what we in general talk, what we would deliver. So here and feeling sure we use to deliver exactly the problem solution does not is related with a digital super platform, some system that works just on our mind. So we are trying always figure out a problem to be solving. And at the end of the day, and complete a of the glamour that the market constructed around The VCs, the e-startup way of work, the success, the billions, etc. We just need to write to hard work. So we need to have resilience too, because it's completely different in terms of planning. You know, I was project manager on a lot of time in my past career, and I always loved to do... The plan E, the plan B, the plan C, and put everything under control. And when you are in an startup environment, the last thing that you have is control. So it's part of the game, reinventing yourself every single day.
2: You mentioned your um, your Series A uh, and your your fundraising. How how have you found the experience of fundraising and and working with VCS and and how do you make sure that you've got the best deal for your business
1: can I be honest
2: <laughs> please do
1: <laughs> one of the worst uh, experiences on my career basically I, I I was a bit skeptical in terms of VC mods operandi you know basically because they Decided to put their effort in something that the statistic does not, how can I say, does not confirm. So my first question to them was, how many business you that you invest achieve what uh, what you plan it? So I talk with a lot of guys, and most of them give the uh, number one. If each 10, one make it right. So if I'm a boss and an employee show me a statistic that 10% just work, I really, really will does not go to that. So was a difficult way and we really decided by a fund. That have a reverse statistic. So our current investors are two found, uh, having a statistic of 90 percent of success. So we spend time and uh, we try to have a little bit conservative attitude in terms to put with us the real concept of smart money because when i saw a company of vc that have only 10% of uh, su- success rate i saw that that guys were not ideal partners to me i i don't want the money i want the experience the network and the real concept of smart money you know
2: i i really like that i like the idea of finding partners um yeah, who bring real value to the business? Who bring more than just funding? So, so that's that's fantastic that that you found that. Um, you, you you talked a lot about your personal resilience um, as you are building the business, and I I loved I loved that. And I you know I, I think those those are the stories that when you talk to to really successful founders, I I find really inspirational. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, how you think about leadership, how you think about the, the culture of your business and, and how you think about making sure that that perpetuates as well.
1: Jonathan, when we are talking uh, feeding your company, we are talking about a company uh, constructed by people that basically uh, aims to solve people's practical problems. I mean, uh, it's not about. The system per se. It's not about the platform. When we sit together with an underwriter, with a broker, we want really focus on make uh, their life better, the the professional life better. I mean, so we try to put it together in the team, people that genuinely want to fix problems, solve problems, and aside with that, but not. Uh, less important, we try to have a strict hiring process, training the leadership and try to put the technical skills in the same level to the whole team. We have an original, horizontal company and under this kind of organization, the people don't need a boss. They need objective, they need aims, they need targets. And basically, they have accountability and responsibility by their jobs. So, I believe strongly that the first 50 employees that we will hire here, and we are pretty, pretty closer to achieving this number, uh, will be responsible to put this culture until we achieve something like uh, a thousand. So uh, the team is completely oriented to results as well, completely oriented to support the other people that need for their jobs to keep going. Basically, it's about uh, partnership, accountability, ownership, and so on.
0: Thank you, Denise. Something we like to do with our interview is to finish the interview is just ask them a set of quickfire questions. So looking ahead, what do you think will be the most disrupting factors to contend with and the factors most critical for startups to succeed in the current climate?
1: I have a particular understanding about this little word, disruption. And I, I really don't believe that it's about reinventing the well. It's just about making go further and basically, sometimes we can create something completely disruptive, uh, just solving a little piece of problem if we take a look in the true pro- uh, in the whole process. I mean, so basically to me, be disruptive uh, is the same thing that be efficient, have a, a win-win mindset, If we can describe this little word, sure, it's bad words, word, (laughs) basically, I can affirm to you that we have a lot of customers here that have your KPIs significantly improved by the tool, at least most more by the partnership that we establish with them.
0: Thank you, Denise. This is very interesting and perhaps quite different to what people imagine growing a startup actually feels like. The second question is, what advice would you give people wanting to embark on a startup journey or just making a move into an existing startup?
1: Challenge yourself every single day. Deconstruct your beliefs. Um, Enjoy each step of the journey. I mean, sometimes, even though you bought a ticket with Lot, 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 high cost, more than you can pay at that time. And after that, you need to put on that on trash. Uh, we need to enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that put money on trash is enjoyable, but uh, laugh of yourself. Uh, be there for the journey. Be consistent always and be resilient.
0: Thanks. And last but not least, perhaps the most difficult one. Do you think you can make us a prediction uh, for something you think is going to happen in your key markets over the next 12 months?
1: This is the hard one. <laughs> Let's say, when I, I talk about my market, um, in terms of, for example, I will talk about UK, for example, Lloyd's is the future of Lloyd's. And we are trying to handle with that at least... Uh, a year and a half, uh, Brazil is handled with regulatory matters, etc, so basically I, I cannot predict anything and at the, at the end of the day uh, the both situations that I bring here does not change the <clears throat> small problem resolution that we put on the table. so my point is uh, if we have the opportunity to improve uh small pieces and uh, make the process better the market better increase the profits increase the for example in my case the premium growth uh so w- will be pretty pretty good and when you are focused on solve the problem on your market evaluate how that market could be bigger better I I think the execute that in a perspective to deliver something um, will ensure that the, the market will prevail growing in the in a perspective uh, in a sustainable perspective I mean.
0: Denise, this has been a brilliant conversation. I want to thank you so much for your time today. And thank you all for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you can join us for the next one of Alex Partner Startup Session. Goodbye and have a great day.